In today's episode, we're talking a lot about data and how it's being collected. It's our digital fingerprint that has a major impact on what type of ads that we're being served and when they show up in our feeds or even seem to follow us around, even if we haven't actively searched for that specific product or service. Is it the cookies that we typically have to accept when browsing a website? By the way, what are cookies (laughs) besides delicious? Is it talking into our devices or virtual assistants? Is it our GPS and location sharing of our smart devices that are being consciously or subconsciously shared? Is it just that we're paying more attention after speaking about a certain product or service with a friend or a family member? There's so many elements that appear to work seamlessly together to give us, the consumer, the feeling of being listened to, potentially even virtually followed. I bought a pair of shoes that I didn't need. The same ones I saw on my Instagram feed. My feet hurt real bad and my bank account's dry. I made a bad decision and I don't know why. Some people may say I blew it, but marketing made me do it. Welcome to our second episode to Marketing Made Me Do It. Uh, We are a new podcast exploring the marketing world as it connects to life and our everyday decision making. I'm one of your hosts, Sylvia Dieter, and I'm here with... I'm Sydney Bingham. Hi, Sydney. I'm excited to talk to you about Google today. But before we jump right in, I would love to hear about how you thought our first ever episode last week went. Oh, I thought it went really well. I'm really proud of us. I definitely had moments of weakness, but really insecure. I think the profession I chose is one where I'm very much behind the scenes. And so putting myself out there on social media, in a podcast, I don't like my voice. There's so many insecurities and <laughs> it it was definitely a roller coaster of emotions just getting the first episode out there. But I'm really proud of of me and of you. And I feel like just think of the growth that we'll have with some of these insecurities and discomfort oh, yeah. that we have. We're gonna, we're gonna crush the future. So, <laughs> well, we're outside of our comfort zone, and that's where we grow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can only second what you said. You know, uh, my household got to see my nervous dance quite, <laughs> quite a few times <laughs> over the last two weeks. <laughs> you have to show your nervous dance. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if I get, I get to do that. But <clears throat> I'm so proud that we're just doing it, taking the plunge. I am just really excited to talk about marketing. You know that I'm a marketing nerd and I love to just talk through things. And I'm just excited to see where this journey takes us. Uh, with that in mind, uh, what's new in life? Did marketing make you do anything in the last week since we last <laughs> talked? Good question. I like, how can I explain the marketing doesn't affect me? (laughs) (laughs) So since we last spoke, I, I received a text from my sister. She sent a text to the whole family with a photo and it really aligned with what we talked about last time with personal branding. And so if you haven't listened last time, we talked about personal branding and how everybody has one. And so she sent a text to my family and she said, She said, I saw this picture of Hailey Bieber and thought mom is just ahead of her time in fashion. (laughs) And so she texted a photo of Hailey Bieber and Hailey Bieber is dressed just like my mom. (laughs) (laughs) 
And um, obviously, most of you don't know my mother. She's an, an amazing woman. She's a writer. And she recently just wrote an article on medium.com. Her author name is KM Lang. So if you want to follow her, you can. But her article is titled, Let Me Guess, You Don't Like My Clothes. And it's about how she kind of found her own style and how she got backlash for that style. So in her own words, her style is men's frayed shorts over embroidered long johns, crop tops beneath denim vests, clunky boots and moth-eaten sweaters, black and army green. And so <laughs> we'll share this photo on Instagram. I have my mother's permission, but basically Haley Bieber is fashion model. She's beautiful. It's 2023 and she's dressed like my mom. And it just makes me think of kind of that backlash my mom has had for dressing the way that she's comfortable with and how just absurd that is because now we have a model dressing. I mean, she might as well have taken a picture of my mother <laughs> and copied her outfit because yeah. it's spot on. And so, you know, if you have people hating on you for being different, for looking different, for dressing different, for being comfortable in your own skin, your time will come. I, I just feel like it's a matter of patience when it comes to fashion and, and society just catching up to where you're at and mm -hmm. being confident in your own presentation, your own skin, your own style is the most important thing. If it's not the trend now, it will be later guaranteed. So oh, yeah. Yeah. I am still, I'm consistently rocking the bell bottom pants. <laughs> so I feel that. And I definitely also rock them. It was, they were really hard to find actually, or, yeah, no, it's getting better. But they were really hard to find there for um uh, for a hot minute when everybody was rocking the skinny jeans. Um but yeah, I completely agree with you. It comes in waves and it comes it always comes back in cycles, right? So how interesting. Um so my realtor is amazing and we since we bought the house, he we get monthly coupons in the mail to local restaurants typically. And right now I have one uh, hanging on my fridge <laughs> that is, uh, oh my gosh, it's been smiling at me every morning. Well, every time I really access the fridge, but it's from Cold Stone and they have this really delicious peanut butter ice cream cone uh, right on the front, which like I said, keeps on smiling at me and it's <laughs> the temperatures are rising here in Flagstaff. So, um, I have not made that purchase yet because, you know, I want to be cautious of how I spend my money. I have not gone to Coldstone just yet, but let me tell you, I am actively thinking about it. <laughs> nice. I've seen the coupon on your fridge and <laughs> it is very intriguing. It's very intriguing. <laughs> yes. Oh, it just looks so real. Beauty of beauty of some real good food photography, let me tell you. <laughs> mm -hmm. I've heard for ice cream, they actually do what is that? It's not lard, but it's the Crisco stuff, the vegetable. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh huh. I've mm. heard that's how they do ice cream photography <laughs> because that doesn't melt. Yeah. And so, what you're really drilling over is Crisco. Yeah, I guess uh, you're, you're, uh, influencing my decision making right now because I'm like mm, that does not sound too tasty <laughs> um but yeah food photography man that's a science in itself that's uh pretty exciting stuff actually yeah so yeah but what are we going to talk about today today we're talking about 
<laughs> is Google really listening? Maybe we should actually extend it to our our devices listening to us, yeah, not only Google. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I have a to hop into story time. I have a a fun story where you know my the thought crossed my mind is is Google listening? Are my sm- smart devices listening mm-hmm. to me? Because we have been talking about you know, going to uh, Coronado in a couple of weeks. And well, we've not only been talking about it, we've been actively planning it. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, we already went in December once together and it was so much fun. And we were at uh, uh, the Hotel Del Coronado for a drink only because who can afford staying there? $20 a <laughs> pop there. So it was a splurge. Yes, it was a splurge, but we were there during sunset. Anyways, I'm digressing. Um, what I'm actually trying to to get at is so we've been talking about um, going to Coronado you know I've communicated that to my family back in Germany we've I was on phone calls and so on and so forth and uh, one morning this was last week I was getting ready and I typically watch YouTube videos when I get ready and you know how YouTube has ads and so I was served uh, an ad. I don't remember who it was from. I think it was from a third party. I think it might have been hotels.com. I'm not 100% sure, but I wasn't paying attention that far. I was just focused on the story within that ad, which was all about a vacation at the Hotel Del Coronado. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could afford that at this time, <laughs> but I unfortunately cannot. However, I immediately thought of our trip to go to Coronado. And I was like, why am I seeing this ad now? It's specifically about Coronado. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that is uh, one thing that made me think, is Google listening? Are my devices really listening to me? Such a coincidence. Such a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a similar story. This is the story I tell everybody when they we start talking about this conversation, because this conversation, this topic comes up quite a bit in marketing. So I'm really glad we're talking about it. So my experience is I was hiking in the Grand Canyon. So health flex there. Um, I was hiking in the Grand Canyon with a, with a friend and she is a runner. She's a lot faster than me. So basically I'm hiking with her and then she's like, you're too slow. I'm going to meet you at the top. <laughs> See you later. So she pieces out. She runs to the top. Um, and I'm just at my own leisurely pace. Anyway, I'm behind this woman who is just wearing the best yoga pants. And so they were black pants and they were sparkly. And I was just, I was just behind her. Just if I'm ever staring at you or somebody, I'm probably just admiring your clothes. <laughs> I look really like I'm, I'm being a judgmental person, but I'm, I'm really just like admiring it. So I really liked your yoga pants. When I got to the top and we started driving home, I was telling my friend about these yoga pants and I was explaining like they're black and they're sparkly and I wish I knew what brand they were, but I'm kind of a shy person. I didn't ask. And plus I was out of breath. I couldn't speak. Anyway. <laughs> so then I got home and I, you know, rested my feet up and I'm probably on social media, like about posting how awesome I am because I just hiked the Grand Canyon. And what do I see? I see an ad for those exact same pants, those exact same yoga pants. And they were Spanx yoga pants, okay. but they were sparkly and beautiful. And I'm just like, I was just in the Grand Canyon hiking with someone who <laughs> had these pants and having a conversation about them in the car. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was wild mm-hmm. that they would suddenly show up on my feed same day. 
Same day. See, and for me, it wasn't same day. It actually took a couple of days since I at least remember that I last talked about Coronado. So it definitely took a couple of days for me um, to see at least the ad. Maybe it's been served to me before. Who knows? Uh, But I'm curious. Do you think Google is listening? Yeah. So I did ask our social media followers yesterday (laughs) on stories if they thought Google was listening. They certainly do. I've talked to clients in the marketing world about whether or not Google's listening. Everybody has a story similar to the ones we just shared. Do I think Google is listening? I think I've done too much research. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Now I know thanks to this episode, really, I feel like we've got a solid approach. Mm-hmm. But if you Google, is Google listening? You'll see the first article says yes. And the second article says no. And then it goes <laughs> on like that. So really, there's not necessarily an agreed upon answer. So I feel like we'll just do the best that we can to share our insights into it. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and that's the thing. I think there's a lot of change currently happening in the sphere. <laughs> and, you know, from a marketer's perspective, Data is so important to be as effective as you can be and to really bring your product to the right audience. I'm excited to dive in and we'll start by talking about cookies. You know, when you hop on a website, you often get that pop up of, I accept the cookies and um, data collection is very, very different um, in countries. So US even compared to Germany, you know, the type of data that you can collect is vastly different. Well, even the the, the states have different data laws and regulations in the U.S. So it's not even just the U.S. has its own rules. It's like California has different rules than Arizona and so on. And yeah, so forth. it's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's always changing. It's always changing. And from a consumer perspective, I've never really thought about like, what is a cookie? Why? I'm, I just accept them because, hey, I, I want to browse that website. So all you do is click a button. Do I read what they ask me to do? No. Yeah. Do we have time to read as much as they want us to read? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> On every website and that being a little different to one another. Exactly. Yeah. So what is a first party cookie? A first party cookie really is a cookie on a website that is meant to enhance the user experience. So when you think about, you know, you go online shopping and you go on that one website where you have five items in your shopping cart, but you're not ready to check out and you hop back off and then you hop back on and you still have those items in your shopping cart. A third-party cookie is what we like to use as marketers and advertisers is um, understanding how people interact with various brands across the internet. And so Apple has done it with Siri, I think last year already, where they've eliminated third-party cookies. And Google is actually planning to eliminate third-party cookies in for 1% of Chrome users in the first quarter of 2024 to then complete the phase out um, in the second half of 2024. So I feel like this is a really relevant topic for us as a consumer um, in regards to that data protection. But then also from a marketer's perspective, it's going to make our life a little harder. <laughs> we won't be able to trace the full user journey of one person throughout the internet as we have in the past. Yeah, so cookies are basically just the way that we're engaging with our search engines and the websites that we go on and are frequent on. And like Sylvia said, you know, as marketers, we're losing more and more access to data, which essentially means that 
our jobs are getting harder, but also, you know, your privacy is maybe a little bit more protected too. Mm -hmm. And you might start seeing ads that aren't specifically relevant to you because that's, I think one of the benefits of like a cookie world is that because, you know, these, these browsers, these websites know so much about your activity by limiting that we might start seeing ads that just are not as relevant to us. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the fine line for us as marketers is to find new and creative ways to still, you know, um, serve the right at the right content to the right audience at the right time. Because even though, you know, increasing consumer privacy demands are a very, very relevant thing, we still want personalization, right? We still want to see the things that interest us when we hop on social media. Yeah. So, so cookies is one part, but then the other two things that we've really identified Mm -hmm. as a part of this is Google listening, AKA are my devices listening, are virtual assistants and location services. And then there's a phenomenon. And so, um, I want to talk about virtual assistants if that's okay. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm not an adopter of virtual assistants. I don't have a virtual assistant. And to be honest, it is because of concerns personally about privacy, you know, in 2019, 2020, there were so many news reports about how data was being used irresponsibly by Google and Amazon. And so as a consumer, it just makes me a little nervous. And, but I do think a lot has been done to improve the protection or to protect consumers. However, even just this, this June, Amazon has paid over $30 million to the FTC for two lawsuits. And the first lawsuit um, was for $5.8 million, And it was alleged that the Ring device didn't notify customers or get their permission before allowing thousands of Amazon employees to watch recordings of customers' private spaces. So that's obviously a little sketchy. And that was just June of this year that that lawsuit was settled. The second lawsuit that was settled was for $25 million. And this claimed that Amazon violated the FTC Act and Children's Online Privacy Protection Act by illegally procuring and entertaining thousands of children's voices and geolocation data through Alexa, which gave the company valuable data to train its algorithms. And so essentially mm-hmm. they're using the data from, you know, the from Alexa to learn about how children speak and how children communicate. And so they're preserving that personal data to train their algorithms. So obviously not that's super cool, Amazon. That's oh, that's scary. I wonder, do they have anything in their terms and conditions? You know, did they disclaim that? I haven't followed these lawsuits, yeah, um, at all. So I don't really know what yeah, what the conversation is within that, but mm-hmm. I'd be curious to know because you got me hooked on on Black Mirror on that episode. That's <laughs> just recent well, recently what was really- it called it was called uh, Joan is awful. Yeah, Joan is awful. The Black Mirror episode that we thought really related to this topic is called Joan is Awful. And it's about this character named Joan, played by the brilliant, lovely Annie Murphy. If you don't know her, she's from Schitt's Creek. And she goes, David, you know, David. Ah. <laughs> so she's great. I love her so much. And she plays this character, Joan. And so it starts off with like going through her day you know, she has a full day. She ends the day. Her and her fiance at the end of the day are watching TV on their sofa. They're looking for something to watch on Streamberry, which is like a Netflix synonym. Um, 
and Black Mirror's on Netflix. And so, you know, they have, they have the right to use that powerful, like, boom sound. Anyways, and so they see a show as they're scrolling and it's called Joan is Awful. So it has her same name, but it also has like that, the graphic they use has her likeness. So she has this really like blonde streak in her hair and it's mm-hmm. really identifiable. And so both of them pause and they're like, oh my God, it's me. Anyway, <laughs> so they start watching the show and the show replays her whole day that she had just had. Mm-hmm. Um, the main character in the show is Selma Hayek. So Selma Hayek is playing Annie Murphy's character. Anyway, so obviously she's really upset. Her fiance leaves her. She gets fired. <laughs> so many bad things. Bad day. Everyone hates her. She's awful. They've all watched the show. It's terrible. So she goes to her lawyer and she's like, hey, stream married. They're being jerks. They they made a show all about me. It's ruining my life. I want to sue the heck out of them. And her lawyer says, there's nothing we can do mm-hmm. because you agreed to the terms and conditions. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's Jonah's awful. That's yeah. And interesting enough, you know, a point that goes hand in hand with our mini episode that we just released last week is they, she asked why, why is it called Jonah's awful? (laughs) And why is that? Because it's more, it's more dramatic and it's more attention grabbing, right? It it would be boring if it's called Jonah's awesome. (laughs) So this begs the question, who reads terms and conditions? Right. Essentially they were going to produce so many shows, you know, it was mm-hmm. going to be Sydney's awful show, Sylvia's awful show. Everyone was going to get their own show because everyone signed those terms of agreement, terms and conditions, terms and conditions. Yeah. And nobody read it. And so to bring it back to the lawsuits, obviously Amazon's like, Hey, I'm not liable. This is not a thing. I don't have time for this. That was essentially their thing. But yeah, I'd love to know who reads the terms and conditions, who has time. It's not a new topic. No one reads terms and conditions. And so it's hard to know what your rights are when it comes to being a consumer, because truly who has the time? And there's an Mm -hmm. episode um, from 2011. South Park has been talking about this since 2011. Mm -hmm. And there's an episode on South Park, if that's more of your jam. So it's called Human human Scent iPad. Human Scent iPad. It's right around the human centipede thing so if you're interested in south park and you like that kind of humor (laughs) instead of the black mirror thing it's a pretty good statement too yeah yeah that's wild but i think you know that goes back to again i don't think we know how much data really is collected based on our everyday interactions and what we do. And I think, you know, whether it's the the location services, whether it's our smart devices at home, whether it's you know just accepting blindly terms and conditions or cookies. <laughs> I think it goes, yeah, it just goes back to who's paying attention. And yeah, I think you nailed it. Like how, how do we know it's not okay for Google to store or Amazon to store or whoever it is to store that data? Are we paying attention? Um, <laughs> as far as voice assistants, you know, virtual assistants, excuse me, all of them say that they're not actively listening. Like that's the stance for Amazon and for Google and, you know, all the things, Apple, I don't know if Google has a virtual assistant, who cares? They all say that they're not listening and perhaps that is true, but uh, basically the stance is that they're, they're listening for a keyword to turn them on. So they're listening for their name. So according to Apple and Amazon, they are not actively listening anymore. Anymore. Emphasis on anymore. Emphasis on anymore. <laughs> I do think there was a there was a period in time when they were actively listening. 
And I do wonder, you know, I think that's probably part of just that evolution, right? Mm-hmm. And just also the data protection becoming more strict. Yeah. And the fact is companies like this need to be held accountable. And I think they're just going to do what they want to do until someone holds them accountable. And that's why like privacy laws are so different in different states, Mm -hmm. even in the US, because different states have held these companies accountable to different degrees. And so yeah, that's a good point. There's not a law against it. They're probably going to do it. Right. On the flip side, sharing all of this data, it it makes our life more convenient too, because we get things served, ads served that align with our interests. So I think another aspect contributing to the question is location, right? Because whether it's our smart watch, whether it's our Mm -hmm. phones, um, if we don't turn it off, we share our location all the time. (laughs) I don't know, Cindy, do you know how to turn off your location? On your I learned phone? today, would I ever do it? No, because I, I think there's a lot of convenience that comes from having GPS tracking enabled on your phone. Also, I get lost often enough that it's just nice <laughs> that it knows where I'm at. <laughs> For sure. I think that's really it, right? It all comes back to data, whether it is um, the cookies on a website that you accept or don't accept, whether it is uh, locations GPS enabled on your phone or smartwatch automatically collecting and sharing information. But I do think there might be another element playing into that, which is known as the Bada Meinhof phenomenon, also known as frequency illusion. And it's a really, really popular marketing tool, actually, that we see every, every day, which is introducing a product over and over and over again to a consumer. Um, Like we've said in our teaser trailer, we see so many ads in a minute. And I think a a lot of it also comes back to either recency bias or confirmation bias, you know, whether it is something that you believe in, and you just pay more attention to it and seek out facts that really align with your belief. And or you just talked about it. So it's fresh in your mind. And now you're just more receptive to ads that have been served to you maybe for a, a while. <laughs> um, but now you're actually only paying attention to it and think that Google is listening, although you've seen those ads before, but you just weren't paying attention. I have a, a good example of this. And it's kind of a phenomenon in itself. But it's, it's really that frequency illusion that's playing a part. And that is when you learn a new word, more often than not, you'll hear that new word within the next 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And so you're obvious, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Just listen for that. You, you, I mean, it's kind of a weird word, but you might hear it in the next 24 hours. It's something I've experienced many times. And that's just that, that, you know, frequency illusion is someone said it. And I finally picked up on it probably after hearing it a hundred times. And now I'm picking up on it more often in in my life. Mm -hmm. Totally. I have another good example of when I uh, was buying a new vehicle last year and we were just, you know, car shopping and I saw the car that I, you know, bought at the, at the end of the day. <laughs> and now, and I thought, oh my gosh, we, there's not that many cars out there. You know how you have the Subaru Crosstrex every, you see them everywhere. And I was yeah. like, oh yes, I don't have a car that I see everywhere. It's it, not, not everybody drives it. Mm-hmm. And then I bought it and all of a sudden, all I see yeah. <laughs> is that same car. Like with the yoga pants, I might've seen those ads before, but it was until I was really just hiking up a hill behind (laughs) someone wearing them that I noticed them. And then I noticed the ads because of that. Yeah. Really focused on it. 
Potentially. But I do think that combination, you know, we do get these ads because of our search behavior, because of our daily behavior mm-hmm. <laughs> and interactions. Totally. It's like the combination of all the data that a marketer could want to an extent mixed with this potential bias, right? Mm-hmm. And so all of that might lead you to think a hey, Google's listening to me, even the thought that that Google's listening might make you pick up on these things more often. For sure. Does that mean Google or your devices are listening? I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think they're actively listening. It will be interesting to see how it will change in the coming years. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts, Sydney, but then also dear listeners, I'd be curious to know what you guys think. Yeah. So my thoughts are, I I would agree. I think it'd be very risky for our devices to be actively listening to us. I do think, though, that if it's a concern that you have, there are things you can do to limit the amount of data that your devices are collecting about you. And we can maybe share some of those examples on our social media, on Instagram, at Marketing Made Me Do It. Um, I think knowing your privacy rights is important. And so we can also post about that a little bit as well. Um, personally, I do use private browsers quite often. So on my phone, instead of just like a regular Chrome window, I use Chrome incognito window, which doesn't save cookies and it doesn't store my my history. Um, and that's because, again, I, I work in marketing. I'm, I like to be a little mysterious. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want them to know everything about me. Um, there's also the private browser, which we're seeing is becoming more and more popular when we're um, using analytics to track where consumers come from. Mm-hmm. And that's DuckDuckGo. So I'm seeing that is becoming much more popular every single year as far as where people are are visiting a website. And that is also similar to Incognito. It won't save your search history. Um, but also, it's not all that bad because if I was getting ads for like hair loss cream or... I don't know. <laughs> so there's, I wouldn't want to see the ads that my husband gets. <laughs> I like, I do enjoy some of the ads that I get. It, it introduces me to new brands that I might have never found before. And so it's not all bad. No. The GPS location, it knows the Starbucks that I go to so I can easily order on my app. Like <laughs> it does make life more convenient. So I'm accepting, yes, I will give you this data, but in return, please make my life easier. Exactly. And I think that's what it comes down to is just evaluating what is more important to you in the moment and making that decision consciously. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, uh, Sydney, what are we talking about next time? Drumroll. So our next episode is literally going to be called Marketing Made Me Do It. <laughs> there are things we do on a daily basis, things we believe in our society that comes down to marketing. And so we're going to talk about the things that we do, the things that we think that were established by just super strong marketing campaigns. I think there'll be some things maybe like lobster that you might not expect. (laughs) We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Marketing Made Me Do It and subscribe and review this podcast wherever you listen. New every Thursday. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) It would be interesting to see if we get a whole bunch of cookie ads starting tomorrow or this afternoon. (laughs) Crumble.
crumble 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 <laughs> <laughs>